Hello, I'm Robert Bateman and this is the Privacy Corner where every Friday I talk you through my top three picks for privacy developments every week. And thank you as always to Privado AI for sponsoring these videos. So up this week, we're looking at the UK's new pro-innovation approach to AI regulation. Uh, the FTC has scored a point against data broker Kuchava at the Idaho District Court, very important case. And the Connecticut Attorney General has released a report on the first six months of enforcement of the Connecticut's Data Privacy Act. So we'll have a look at the report and see what he says about some kind of quite poorly anonymized companies. So the UK government released a white paper last year and it was open to public consultation for 12 weeks about regulating AI. Now the EU obviously is nearing completion of the AI Act. I personally have given up trying to figure out where they are in the legislative progress, uh, process. We've had various deals, compromises, final drafts, not that one, this is the final draft. Uh, but the UK is going for a somewhat simpler approach and they are very keen to emphasise the importance of innovation. In fact, the word innovation and related words innovative innovators and so on appear 225 times in this report. So innovation is clearly the prevailing theme for the government. What they are doing is not to pass new legislation. They say that if we do this too early, we won't understand the risks, we might risk stifling innovation, and we should wait and see, basically. There will be no new regulator, but five principles for regulators to interpret and apply in their own sectors. So obviously the ICO is one of these regulators tasked with applying these principles. Ofcom as well, the communications regulator and the CMA, the uh, competition and consumer protection regulator. And these uh, regulators are supposed to work together to find a way to regulate AI under existing law. There is one exception where the government hints that it may legislate in future, which is for what they call a highly advanced general purpose AI. So we're looking at uh, foundation models, advanced foundation models. And the concern with this type of AI system is that it's difficult to apportion liability. So there's an example actually they give, which is quite helpful. There's an imagined company called Count Your Pennies Limited. I mean, the UK, the kind of British stereotype there, Count Your Pennies Limited. Uh, this is an imaginary accountancy firm and they purchase an off-the-shelf AI recruitment tool from a fictional UK company called Quantum Talent Technologies. I bet someone will take that name at some point, quantum talent. So a fictional candidate for a job application, Ms. Smith, highly original pseudonym there, uh, applies for a job with Count Your Pennies Limited and doesn't get it. And she thinks this might be discriminatory. So she files a discrimination claim against the imaginary Count Your Pennies accountancy firm. Now, normally under English law and I guess most jurisdictions, liability would fall on count your pennies. 
this imagined accountancy firm that uses the AI tool to discriminate against job applicants. But there's a question as to whether that's the best way to look at liability in this kind of supply chain. Should quantum talent technologies bear some responsibility for flogging a uh, discriminatory AI system? Or does the liability sit even further back in the supply chain? Uh, whoever came up with the foundation model on which quantum technologies based their recruitment tool? So that is a complicated question. I think liability probably rightly sits with the accountancy firm that uses the tool for now and you know you have to do your due diligence and, and make sure that the tool is not discriminatory before using it but that's not to say that's necessarily the best approach. So other highlights from this report include references to the UK GDPR which of course already regulates AI. I won't stop banging that drum. The data protection law that we have already really if effectively enforced would cover most uses and development of AI, I think. It might not be enough in itself, but they also talk about the Data Protection and Digital Information Bill, which I think they're making some slightly misleading claims about what that bill does. They talk about the solely automated decision-making changes, uh, which they say will clarify the rights of data subjects. Actually, it removes quite a lot of data subject rights because under the reforms, Article 22 of the GDPR would only cover decisions made via special category data. So it would remove a lot of AI from the actual scope of that provision. But we also learned this week that that bill has been delayed again until the uh, end of December this year. So the government's giving itself more time, whether because they are dealing with issues at the House of Lords or because they want to add some AI stuff to it. I don't know, but that could be connected. Next up, the FTC is engaged in this long running case against Kochava, which is a data broker. They don't see themselves that way, but they are one. So Kochava collects uh, geolocation data and they combine it with other information and sell it on. And the FTC is not happy about this. It's taken similar actions against other companies already this year. And they say that uh, Kochava is breaching the FTC Act. So Kochava initially applied for this complaint to be dismissed and they won. So the court did dismiss the FTC's case against Kochava initially uh, last year. They gave the FTC the opportunity to amend the complaint and put it back before the court in a kind of better form. So there were two main arguments that the FTC makes against Kuchava. First of all, there is the secondary harms theory. So Kuchava's customers could buy location data from Kuchava and then inflict harms on, or lead, that could lead to harms against uh, the consumers whose location data has been sold. So there could be, for example, stigma, discrimination, even physical violence and emotional distress caused by this. Now, the court said, well, that's all well and good. Those would be secondary harms and that would be an FTC Act violation. But you haven't really shown how likely that is and that Kuchava's activities could cause that risk. Secondly, the FTC 
claimed that Kuchava was invading people's privacy and this in itself was a harm despite any secondary harms that might result the invasion of privacy is an injury in itself the court said well yeah okay but is it severe enough to be a substantial injury under the FTC Act we don't think so go away and rewrite this and see if you can strengthen your arguments so the FTC did that and they have succeeded in getting the court to deny Kachava's motion to dismiss this second improved complaint so they provided examples of harms that have been caused by the sale of geolocation data and although Kachava said that these anecdotes are like the use of scare quotes by the court there do not involve its own data that is not the point Kochava has demonstrated that the sorts of things Kochava does could cause these sorts of problems. Second off, they managed to convince the court that Kochava itself was invading people's privacy by combining geolocation data with other types of data. And so that could lead to better inferences about the types of people these consumers are. And that persuaded the court that the second argument on privacy was also pretty strong. So they haven't won yet, but the case is allowed to proceed. And these are very important arguments. Can data brokers cause substantial injury through their activities? Is the invasion of privacy an injury in itself? If the answer is yes to both of those, then the FTC's mission to kind of dismantle the sale of sensitive location data will be on a very good course. Finally, the Connecticut Attorney General, uh, William Tong, has released a report on the first six months of enforcement of the Data Privacy Act, the CTDPA. It's quite an interesting read. He sent over a dozen notices, I guess that means 13, of violation, so that's cure notices. Businesses have an opportunity to cure violations still under the CTDPA. And he takes issue with some of the privacy policies he's seen under the, under the law and the treatment of sensitive data in particular. So they give some case studies of uh, companies that are suspected to have violated the act. They don't name any of them, but uh, see if you can figure out who they might be. This one, probably not. It's a local grocery store that wanted to use biometric software for detecting shoplifting. A major web service provider and retailer that planned to introduce palm recognition uh, for identification at its stores. I think that one, well, it reminds me of a well-known South American rainforest, uh, could be that company. A popular car brand who was highlighted in Mozilla's Privacy on Wheels report, or whatever it was called, Privacy Nightmare, Connected Vehicles. Uh, hard to say which one that one is. I don't know about the Connecticut motor vehicle industry too well. And then we have a genetic testing and ancestry company that suffered a data security incident that exposed sensitive records of over 5 million users. I know who that one is, I think. And well, it involves a number and a pronoun uh, in the name. So see if you can figure that one out for yourself. We also have uh, a messaging app directed at teens. This is, well, I can say it because it's 
too obvious here. Uh, it's called NGL. The FTC is looking into them as well. And also, oh, this is uh, bad. Uh, a national cremation services company that targeted someone who had chemotherapy with ads for cremation services. And those that doesn't seem to have been a coincidence. So the, uh, the, the Attorney General draws attention to poor practices on websites. Do avoid these if you want to evade the Attorney General's attention. Things like lacking or inadequate or confusing disclosures and burdensome, broken or non-existent consumer rights mechanisms. There's a link to the report in the newsletter, well worth a read. So that's all from me this week. I've been Robert Bateman. Thank you for your attention. Thank you again to Privado AI for their support and I'll see you next week.